Greetings. Welcome to In Conversation with Trevor podcast. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. Today I'm in conversation with Tafazwa Chinamo, the former Chief Executive Officer of the Securities and Exchange Commission of Zimbabwe. Enjoy this informative conversation. In conversation. <music> Tafadzwa Chinamo, welcome to In Conversation with Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. It's such a privilege and honor to be here. Thank you. Uh, so you are the former Chief Executive of the, Security and the Securities and Exchange Commission of Zimbabwe. You've just stepped down. What is it like to be without a job? <laughs> um, I think it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's a new space. Um, it's something that one doesn't really plan for, you know, that um, if it's a new job, you're looking forward to the job. But stepping down, I think um, when it finally happens, it's a different space. And mm. I'm sort of finding my way, but I like it all the same. Mm -hmm. It's good. You're finding your way. Are you, are you trying to get you to come onto the conversation? was not easy. Sounds like you still have a, a diary. Are you, are you busy <laughs> at all? I thought I would actually be resting yeah. I, um, this time. Um, I said to myself, it was such a stressful job. There was not much time to rest. You know, there was always something going on. And you, actually, you literally have to, to, okay, your mind is on the job seven days a week. Mm. So I thought that uh, come the 1st of February this year, I'll wake up and it will all just vanish and you know, just, uh, I'll just have all the time to myself. It's not been like that. Um, at the moment, uh, I'm torn between going back to formal employment or, you know, going out on my own. And I think in that um, discovery or, you know, navigating that path, this is where, again, I find myself so uh, drawn to so many things. You know, that it's just so many things that um, I could possibly do. Mm. And I hope that... Um, I do make the right choice uh, sooner rather than later. It, it can be an easy space to be in. I think there's, there's tension there. Mm -hmm. Do I go on my own yeah. or do I go back to, to, the, to the corporate world? What, what's your thinking process like? <laughs> Can you take us into that space? Yeah. So I think all my working life I've been in the corporate world. I've worked in the financial services industry mm -hmm. um, ever since I left university. And um, it's an area that I think I'm comfortable with, I'm happy with. But also, one gets a sense that, um, well, personally anyway, that I've done my bit, mm. uh, especially in the past 10 years with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, it really was a slog, and I feel that, um, well, maybe I don't have the sort of energy that I had uh, 10 years ago when I took on this job, and I don't think I'll be doing the next job justice, that mm -hmm. I don't think I have the same sort of stamina and you know, resolve to undertake a huge responsibility mm. of the nature of the Securities and Exchange Commission. But anyway, you, know, you, you never know with these things. Yeah. Um, it depends on the opportunity, obviously, and the challenges that, I, you know, that I'm presented with. I love challenges. I, you know, uh, I like taking on things that um, seem impossible. And yeah, I mean, that's really what gets me going. That's what drives me. Mm. Yeah. So as you leave the Securities and Exchange Commission, 
uh, and when you look back, are there things that you look back and say, oh, I wish I could rewind and redo this? Are there areas that you, you regret having done? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can't say regret, maybe it's a bit strong a word, mm -hmm. uh, but doing things um, differently, certainly. Um, I think for me, first of all, um, is that when people look at the Securities and Exchange Commission, they look at someone whose position it is to solve all the problems of the capital markets. I think it's a, it's a reasonable expectation. That is what structurally, um, if you look at the hierarchy of the capital markets, the Securities and Exchange Commission is at the apex of that. So whatever happens underneath it, the, it's certainly the commission is accountable for that. The regret that I have, or things that we should have done more vigorously and I guess pushed a bit more, was to have, or rather, to put the, the commission in a position that it was in charge of the entire space. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? Um, when the act establishing the commission was um, promulgated, it covered everything else within that space except one uh, group of players who, in my view, are the most important, who are the issuers of securities, mm. so socialistic companies. Mm. So they don't fall directly um, under the purview of the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is a problem. Because when you look at the mandate of the Securities and Exchange Commission, the first thing that they talk about is investor protection. Now, you only protect an investor, and, or rather the only person who stands to abuse or to do wrong against an investor, invariably it's is an issue. entity. Mm. Yes, it's an, yeah. Because the relationship is simply that, that mm. if you look at the capital markets, if you really just simply break it down, you've got investors with capital and companies that want that capital. Mm. Mm. Everybody else just brings these two together. Mm. So the really the risk that an investor faces is with the person that they've given that money. Yeah. But if those people are not accountable in terms of how they report to the investors um, or, or even any of the things that they do, um, they don't report directly to the commission. I think mm. that for us has always been a problem. Was that deliberate or what was, what was the thinking behind excluding yeah. The, uh, yeah. the listed entities from the purview of the act? Yeah. So I think when you go back and you really say, how did it, did it come to that? Okay, I think it's good to go back a little bit and see what the market was like before the commission was okay. there. Okay. So you had a stock exchange, which was, the, and there was at the time, the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange Act of 74, which essentially made the stock exchange the regulator of the capital markets. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of uh, minds, that situation was working. There was no need to change that. Uh, there are one or two places in the world where that sort of happens. I think South Africa is one, uh, which is actually an anomaly in the new world order of things. Mm -hmm. right? so, so I think, yes, it was because of that also. You may recall, I think if you go back maybe 10, uh, 10 12 years ago, mm. when the commission itself was established, there was that sort of, um, you know, resistance yeah. from the establishment that, you know, what are these guys doing here? So I guess if you put that in, in, uh -huh. in into context, and then maybe there, there was that thinking that, mm. you know, 
I think things are fine. Why doesn't the commission come and regulate all the other players except mm. the issuers? So the issuers, uh, they'll be regulated by the listing rules of the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. Mm. But these are rules that are being uh, overseen by a private company. Yeah. And there is so much in terms of sanction that a private company can institute mm. against misconduct of people. It's like you and your bank, mm. you know. Your bank can take you to jail for, I don't know, overdrawing your account yeah. or so, you know, uh, things like that. So at some point, you now need a force of law to ensure that uh, players within that space are accountable to that um, piece of legislation, which didn't happen. And because of that, I'll say that all the shortcomings that we had as a commission was because of that. Mm. Yeah. And, and t talk to me about the tension that yeah. clearly... Uh, existed what was loud uh, yeah. between the commission and uh, the, the stock ex stock exchange. Yeah. What is behind that? I think it's just natural, Trevor. Um, and Zimbabwe is not unique in that sort of situation. Uh, in most countries, if you look at the biggest market of all the United States, uh, the SEC they came into being, I think, in 1932. Mm. But the New York Stock Exchange and all the capital markets had been around long before that. Right. You know, but it was a realization, again, because of that, that you needed uh, a government body with legislative powers to stamp authority and order into that market. Mm -hmm. you know. So again, when you then bring in a regulator into a sp space where the players believe that things are fine, mm. you know, it's never going to be easy. Mm. So I think it was only natural that, you know, that tension was there. Um, and uh, because of that also, that the commission had no direct authority over issuers. Um, whenever things were gray, they would hide behind the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. And mm. the commission really couldn't do much. Um, it could, I guess, um, um, shut down the exchange, but then you know, what good would that do, mm. you know? So, so you then had, um, so if you look at, yeah, so there were two centers of power, really, yeah. that you the, the stock exchange and the commission. Mm. And the commission was obviously new, whereas mm. the, the exchange regularly had the, well, I say the relationships with all the other players. You were, were there specific issues? that were what were the niggling issues one or two issues that were were problematic i think it's just fear that someone else is going to be okay. in charge yeah you know so um look it's like um two bulls in a pen yeah you know, there's going to be tension you know um even if you accept that you know um, the commission must be there yeah but just that fear that okay so what happens to me yeah. what if they do this and what if they do that so I think that is what really brought it about. Mm. Yeah. One thing that I found, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the, the delay uh, to embrace automation as far yeah. as the market is concerned, what was behind that? And, and where, what's the status right now? Are we, yeah. uh, as you leave, are you in a happy place yeah. as far as automation is concerned? But in the yeah. first instance, why, why, why the resistance? Yeah. Again, Trevor, I think old, old habits die hard. Right. So by about when I joined the commission in 2011, I think we were probably the last exchange, notable exchange mm. that was not automated. Uh, we still had our brokers going, sit around the table and do a, a call over. Right. Now, for them, it worked, you know, and 
I guess also if when you look back, a lot of the broking firms were also run by people who were quite senior, both in terms of age and just knowing everything. So again, for them to shift easily into this electronic age was always going to be a problem. Mm. So this is something that the commission literally had to force the, the market to do. And it had to come, unfortunately, in stages. Uh, first, we started with the Central Securities Depository, mm. Mm. where we all the paper files or other certificates were converted into electronic form if you wanted to trade on the mm. market. And then a year or two after that, and then the, the exchange itself automated. So I think as far as that is concerned, we have achieved it. Okay. But if you look at modern uh, capital markets today, um, I think what we have is just the, the basic model, right? Uh, there is so much more that we are not doing. So mm. if I look at the interface between an investor and the markets, mm. um, in most countries it's all electronic, it's via tablets, yeah. via smartphones and so forth. Brokers themselves have also invested heavily in uh, IT infrastructure, which has not happened in, the, I think in this country. Mm. Uh, with the coming on board of C-Trade, I think that was a good um, platform where via your mobile phone and EcoCash, you could actually uh, create an account and trade on the market. A few years later, Zimbabwe Stock Exchange came up with its own uh, ZSC Direct. But these are the things that um, the intermediary players, mainly the brokers, mm -hmm. should have done themselves. Their platforms should have enabled you as a client of a broker. Okay. So when we say that we, we, we automated, it simply meant that brokers were no longer going to a central place to trade. So the brokers were now logging into a central place at the exchange. But the interaction between the broker and their clients was still physical. Mm. It's still physical. Mm. Mm. So that's why I'm saying that the automation yeah, has not you. gotten to that stage. Automation also means that um, the trading hours should actually be longer. Mm. They've actually shrunk. Mm. Right? So what you then have in most markets, when the markets open at 9, you know, the charts actually go like this, yeah. and trading is happening all throughout. <clears throat> so, and unfortunately, actually, uh, one thing that, uh, going back to your earlier question about mm. uh, regrets or, yeah. you know, things, it's not really something that I can say that it's, a, it's attributable to the commission. But uh, before we, we, we automated, our market was actually very active in the sense that, uh, we had what you call turnaround trades. Mm. So you woke up in the morning, the market's open, okay, the first call over happened, yeah. you bought a parcel of Barclays shares, um, in, an hour later, you could sell them, same day, right? If, if the price has gone up. Yeah. So nowadays they call that day trading, right? So there are people who simply just uh, trade within the day, buy and sell the same stock as many times as possible. When we automated, because of the interaction between the CSD and the um, Zimbabwe Stock Exchange system, it's not possible to do those trades. Okay. So if you buy shares today and they go up 30%, say 20%, which is in the maximum that they can go per day, you can't sell them until they settle, which is three days later. I know. see. So the earliest that you can do that is three days, mm. which for me, I think... You know, it uh, flies against the whole spirit that we've automated the market. Mm. Automation actually means that uh, activity from a retail point of view 
should actually be instant, sort of. Uh, yeah, exactly. The moment that um, it's been established that I have the money or I have the securities to trade, I should trade those securities yeah, as often as yeah, I can. Yeah. Within a day, I should be able to buy and sell the same stock as often as I can. Yeah. But nowadays, I can't. And, you, uh, and that's a big guy. Uh, you say come. that um, part of this was um, old habits uh, take a long time to, to, yeah. to, to, to die. But there is, there is this sense that the, market, the, the players in the market were benefiting from uh, the OPEC uh, yeah. uh, uh, regulations prior yeah. to, 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 auto, to automation, yeah. that there were instances of uh, fraud. Talk yeah. to me about, about the extent of that. Yeah. So I think the world over, what drove automation is the fact that um, it's easy to account for transactions or to account for investors' money or their securities. Yeah, right. Right. Now, if you've got paper you know, which is shuffling between offices from an investor to a broker to another broker to a transfer secretary, a lot of things can happen there. Mm. So it was not inconceivable at the time that um, shares were misappropriated. Right? It's, a, it's a piece of paper. Mm. If I have a good printing, printing machine, you know, I could literally reproduce yeah. a, a share certificate, right? So there were a lot of instances of that, that uh, you think that you, or you, you own some shares, you've got proof by holding that certificate. You go to your broker to trade, the, the broker does the trade, they go to a transfer sector, and then they tell you that the certificate is invalid. You know, so those things were also happening. Mm. Um, How much of that was happening? And do we have a quantum, point number one? Yeah. Point number two, was anybody prosecuted for this uh, yeah. conduct? So numbers might be difficult for me to give you, mm -hmm. but I'll certainly tell you that it was quite regular, right? And in a lot of cases, um, if the, cl the client, okay, the cases you, you become aware of were the ones where the broker and the client failed to resolve the matter, mm. right? And then they reported that broker to the exchange. Okay. Now, in most cases, a broker would never want a matter like that to be taken to the exchange. Yeah. So they'll settle it at the in-house because the exchange took a very strong view at one such things. There were also other things like front-running of shares uh, because this is a call-over system, right? You're relying entirely on your broker to execute your trade. So you give him an order, please buy me uh, old mutual shares. Uh, they take that order to the market uh, when they get to the market, um, they might have 15 other, 20 other clients with the same sort of things. They come back and they now have to allocate uh, whatever they would have gotten to, to their clients, to their 15 or so clients. They could have bought, in, sorry, bought those shares at different prices. Now, which price do you get mm. and which price do I get? Is, is, is front running... Uh, doesn't the market, shouldn't the market take a dim view of front-running? Should this not be seen yeah. to be inappropriate behavior by a broker? Yeah, so look, I, I think what happens in any market, you need regulation, yeah. right? Uh, okay, there's money to be made here. Um, this is why we have police. This is why we have yeah, law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, you can't just let the market um, by itself decide that, um, you know, this is bad, let's not do it. But you have to catch it first. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as uh, there are no means or ways of, of catching it, yes, of catching it, 
it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's bad behavior, obviously, but how do you prove it? As Nyaradzo, we strive to continuously bring convenience to our clients. Nyaradzo Group is proud to introduce Sawi, a new virtual chatbot assistant on WhatsApp. With Sawi, you are now able to interact with us from the comfort of your home and can be assisted anytime via WhatsApp. With life assurance products, diaspora products, applying and assessing your policy, payment platforms, claims information, and any other queries concerning payments, policy information, or products and services. Simply WhatsApp Sawi on plus two six three seven one two double nine two eight nine two or register and start interacting and receiving notifications from Sawi on WhatsApp. Now join in and experience a new level of convenience twenty four hours a day with Sawi. So you, you, you say, you know, if, if you couldn't catch them, I mean, what, what prosecution do you come up with? And I was wondering, EFE Securities and Remo Stockbrokers, were they caught in the same thing or is it a different uh, situation? Where are we with that case? Yeah. Well, it's finished. Anyway. So it's a totally different thing okay. altogether. Okay. Yeah. And this is where, again, uh, it shows you the power of strong, of good regulation. Because brokers are entirely accountable to the commission. The act empowers the commission mm. to act on brokers, to take action on brokers. In that case, it was a simple case that you had two brokers were engaged in activities that they, their license did not allow. Mm. They were lending each other money, right? And so the deal went bad. Um, one broker, Remo, I think he had played shares as security to a loan they got from mm. uh, EFE. Um, <coughs> And then, uh, according to Remo, they paid back that money. I think they did. Mm. But EFE was not able to return that security mm. when these shares were sold into wow. the market. So when the matter came to us, uh, we found them both culpable of uh, violating the terms of their license and we canceled their license. Uh, Remo appealed all the way to the Constitutional Court, but because the action that we taken was proper, uh, our decision was uh, upheld right through to the Constitutional okay. Court. So I think as far as we're concerned, that matter is... Uh, it's, it's, uh, yes, are, uh, are they back now? Um, yes, and again, um, I think just to show again how fair we are, um, their licenses were, were cancelled, mm -hmm. but after five years, uh, they were we, we allowed them to be readmitted into the system. Mm. Uh, obviously, there were terms and conditions set uh, mm. that uh, in the terms of the brokers themselves, they had to work under uh, another broker for two years. But, um, yeah, Remo is back, but EFE is not back. But the brokers who were at EFE, uh, sorry, uh, it, it's, it's actually Interfin, okay. not EFE. Okay, Interfin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, EFE is in good standing. Sorry about that. Okay, yeah. that's, mm. that's all right. So, okay, that stands corrected. Talk to me about what is the status of our capital markets right now as you walk away as the former uh, CEO of uh, Securities and Exchange Commission? How deep, how active is this, is this yeah. market? Point number one. Secondly, what is required to ensure that uh, our capital markets are pumping from all cylinders? Yeah. Um, Trevor, I think our capital markets is far from an ideal position. Uh, a lot of the reason for that is not 
due to the commission itself mm. or the capital markets are they in any way. I think it's just our economy. Okay. Uh, when hyperinflation happened, uh, that, I think, damaged a lot of confidence mm. with the formal financial institutions or the financial um, services industry. Right. So you had a lot of people who just moved away from that. So the engagement, I think, in terms of involvement has really shrunk. So if you look prior to the hyperinflation, there was a lot of activities. There were a lot of listings. And I think those are always the barometers that you look at. Right. You know, how many listings do you have? You know, we've not had decent listings for, I don't know, five years. Um, okay, they've been one or two at Vic Falls, but essentially that's mostly companies moving from the ZSC main board to... to the, but we've not had that. Mm. In terms of the engagement or the reach or the depth, in terms of, of number of active accounts, uh, we're talking now of plus or minus 12,000 active accounts. Uh, go beyond before uh, hyperinflation in the hundreds of thousands. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's a sort of disengagement that you have. And because of that, wow. um, you know, it, it's always a question that what starts first? Do the invest? If you start with investors, then you educate them and let them know about the markets, which we've done very well, I think, as a commission over the past 10 years or so. Um, I think we've done that. But also there's the other side. So if the investor now is aware of the capital markets, they have the money, they want to invest, mm. what do they invest in? Mm. There was always that cry that uh, there's not much to invest in. So the issuers of securities or the listed companies are not coming forward. Mm. And I think um, our part of the investor, uh, the investor education drive that we had was first to target the investors, but also to the issuers. Right. You'll be amazed how many companies don't know that, that there are various options to the raise capital. You know, that listing in some economies like in the U.S., you know, I think the listing is the ultimate dream of any company. Mm. Here, I don't think it happens. There are so many huge companies in this country without even that, um, they, they don't even have that desire or ambition mm. to be a listed company. And again, it's, it's things like I've spoken about, that the state of our economy, what we went through after hyperinflation, um, most of the, okay, the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange itself trades in Zim dollar, and people always ask you that, you know, why would I want to raise capital in Zim dollar and so forth? Vic Force has got its own conditions, which some companies can't meet. Mm. So until those things are resolved, you know, um, there is awareness, certainly. I yeah. think there is innovation. Um, we've seen a lot of new products coming in. Um, Exchange-traded funds, the REITs should also be, very soon they'll be coming in. A number of index funds are also coming in. Uh, but still, we need to generate more uh, to, to entice mm. the investors. If you look at the buzz around cryptocurrencies now, you know, that's the sort of buzz that our capital markets or these securities should be resonating with a lot of investors, mm. but it's not happening. You look at the number of people that also trade currencies online in this country, it's a lot of it's people. It's huge. Yeah. And those things are very risky things, you know. Yet the returns on our capital markets uh, have been phenomenal. Mm. You know, they've been way ahead of, um, by whatever measure you take um, the U.S. dollar value, right? You would have done better over the past five years, mm. six years, if you'd invested on the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. Mm. But people don't know that. 
And it's because, again, of that, uh, you know, just that disengagement that uh, once burnt, look, uh, this time around, I'd rather just do my own things and mm. not expose my money to the formal banking systems because things, they are changing so much. Mm. Well, but you say people don't know that this avenue exists. Should, should the commission do, be doing more? Should the stock exchange itself be doing more to going down to SMEs, to yeah. uh, <coughs> mid-level companies, to, yeah. to, to alert them to this opportunity? Yeah. Or people are yeah. put off, apart yeah. from ignorance, <laughs> by the costs? Yeah. of uh, operating as a listed company. What could that be? No, the costs here are nothing to Okay. Account. The benefits, you see, that's the other thing as yeah. well. If a company that is worth, I don't know, $100 million is complaining of listing fees of 20000 US dollars a year, yeah. I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Then it just shows you the lack of appreciation of the value of a listing. Mm. You know. And why is that? It's because perhaps collectively the commission and all the other players the exchange and all its participants mm. have not gone out and sold that mm. you know and i think that's the problem that we have in terms of who should be doing it the commission can only go so far uh, i think it can only tell you of what's available there but someone has to then push you and say that here's a here's your account form start investing. Mm. The commission can't do that. Mm. It can't tell you to go to this company and do mm. that, you mm. see. Mm. So as much as the commission has done to sensitize people, I think the investor at the education, in particular in the past two, three years, has been quite visible. Yeah. It's been out there. But someone has to take it from there now to, make, to execute that. Okay. You know? So in sales, you, know, you really then need someone to be you know, mm. bringing that cash register. Mm. You know? Tell me, so the stock exchange was shut down mm. 2008 yeah. and 2020. Did this happen under your watch? And what yeah. view do you take of it? Do you regret <laughs> that? Well, first of all, we didn't close it. Um, this is what, again, I'm saying that uh, perhaps maybe some of the shortcomings okay, is that is the apex body within the capital market, such things should be the decision of the um, commission. But in this case, it wasn't. I think it came straight from the central government. Uh, they had their own views of how the uh, money that was being made on the markets was influencing uh, the the, um, the exchange rates. Yeah. In particular, I think there was reference to the old mutual implied rate. Mm. You know. So because of that, it was closed. And um, obviously, we did the best we could uh, to get it reopened. It took us a month, and then it... We it took you a month in 2008 or 2020? No, the one in 20, 2020. Yeah, in 2020. Mm. Yeah. It was closed before, actually, in 2009. Same reasons. I think then it, it went for a you know, long... Exactly the same reason that people were making money on the stock market, sorry, and then taking those profits, going into the streets, and buying currency, and pushing up the rates. You know. Look, uh, is it true? Is it not? But... Um, I think that's life. I mean, that's basic economics, you know, and, uh, yeah, but those are these... You, you don't fix the, the, the problem by dealing with the symptoms. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think, yes, um, it was an unfortunate episode, obviously very difficult um, to navigate. We're getting calls from all over the world because this market, um, you know, uh, believe it or How not. do you deal with that? I mean, you are the chief executive <laughs> yeah. of uh, the Security and Exchange Commission, yeah. and the stock exchange has been closed, and yeah. you're receiving calls from all over the world. What yeah. do you do? Hide under your desk? 
Well, it's happened, so you that's a fact, yeah. obviously. I think what they want to know is when is it going to open. So that's what you focus on, that uh, we're doing the best we can. Uh, the good thing about the stock market is that, um, you know, value is not really lost mm -hmm. uh, by it not trading. But it's just the opportunity for someone to exercise their profits mm. or minimize their loss within that month. And again, not knowing when it's going to open, I think that is what was really worrying them. But the fact that uh, we kept in touch with them and told them that we're doing the best we can and there was traction or acknowledgement that uh, from the government that it must be reopened. So mm. I think that also um, calmed down a, a, a few nerves. Mm. I, was, I was reading, I mean, you, there's, there's a, a number of exciting things yeah. that you were seeing in the market as you are as you um, uh, like to tease you and say, as you sit on the beach, yeah. uh, EFTs, uh, exchange, what are, what are they called? Exchange traded funds. Ex yeah. ETFs, exchange, exchange traded, traded funds. Fund. You're having cryptos. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was just reading yesterday that um, the UK Treasury mm. has taken the initiative to make London an attractive space for anybody wanting to, to see us deal in, in crypto. Oh, okay. And, and yet, in, in our market, yeah. there seems to be a, a, a pushback that says crypto, crypto is a four-letter word. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about it here. Yeah. What are you picking up in terms of new products yeah. that could excite the market, and particularly yeah. the government's view or central, yeah. the central government's view in terms yeah. of uh, digital currencies? Well, it's something that we can't run away from. I think it's, it's here already. I think a lot of our citizens are involved in that in some way or the other. I think it's always benefits any um, government that at least you want your people to be trading in whatever um, mm. instruments are trading in, in an open, um, safe environment. And I think this is what London has done. I think um, the issue of crypto, the first conversation is always that, yeah, is, this, is it a currency or... Is it for the for transactions? Mm. In which case, it gets a lot of central banks interested. That how is it going to interface with our fiat currency? You know, with our Zim dollar, with our US dollar, and then is it also a security? This mm. is where now commissions like SEC get involved. That um, what are people investing in? Our investors protected and so forth. Um, so I wouldn't say that our government is um, is 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 burying his head in the sand as far as this is concerned. Mm. It's just that I think it's a process that is moving slower than it should. Mm. Uh, but certainly I think uh, there is realization and acknowledgement that uh, it must be made mainstream. And uh, I believe that sooner rather than later, that's going to happen. Mm. You, you, Tafadzo, you have received a number of uh, awards and uh, uh, you were you nominated by the New York Stock Exchange for the best securities regulator. Mm. Uh, congratulations! <laughs> uh, you, uh, you know, f f you you also voted best asset manager uh, two years running in two thousand and six and two thousand and seven. Mm. Uh, you voted manager of the year for public institution and financial services by the Zimbabwe Institute of uh, mm. Management. There's a couple of things that you've done which which to me uh, deserve to be highlighted, and I'd want you to talk us as briefly as you can okay. to, to these. You, you, you. Have you, you you worked on um, uh, publish uh, you published investment 101 yeah. a complete guide to yeah. uh, how to invest on the st on the stock market what was the thinking behind that and how is that going 
And like I was saying, the thrust with investor education is that the people that really need to be educated are the investors and the issuers. Mm. So the handbook, um, they are, the thinking there was that uh, investing in securities, okay, as much as we might want to um, drive people, as many as people as possible, to that sort of uh, space, it's also a very risky space. Mm. Shares are very risky. Mm. I think in our upbringing as analysts, as fund managers, um, there was always a cut-off point that retired people shouldn't buy shares because the volatility of shares, the risk that they are incurring there, you know, they might not be able to recover. Yeah. You know. So the guide or that book was to unpack it as it is. Right. From start to, to finish. So it covers the entire genesis of the development of uh, capital markets around the world here in Zimbabwe, what they are, what instruments are there, what players are there. I think it's a must for the, anyone who's interested in that. It's, a, it's in physical form. Mm -hmm. The print run obviously was not that many, but, but it's also in PDA form. It's also in audio form. Okay. Yeah, so all the chapters, uh, obviously with audio form, you then miss out on the diagrams and things like that. Mm. But it does make reference to that. But you can download it. We also did um, a drama series, uh, Ayoba Mkoba, mm -hmm. based in Gweru, of a young man, you know, just, you know, trying to, to raise capital. And again, it just talks about, uh, you know, very simple everyday language what capital markets about and how people can be involved. Mm. For the SMEs... Did you find traction with those? What responses were you getting? I think it was quite good. Mm -hmm. It was quite good. Um, we did this uh, on... Uh, it was aired on radio. Okay. Um, and I think the response was good. It's also on YouTube as well, so you can hear all the episodes. I think there are 13 episodes. Mm. Uh, so I think it was quite good. Okay. Uh, so you're talking of a couple of thousand, um, you know, downloads and so forth. And then the drama series, um, A Grain of Fortune, mm. follows the, the um, um, life. It's an SME uh, yes, operator. Yeah. Based in Gazaland in Ifields, who's got a grinding mill, he needs more capital. And again, in a dramatized way, it just shows you what capital markets can do for mm. you. Mm. You know, So I think those are the things that um, we believe that it starts from there. But going back to our earlier question, the commissioning can only do that. You know, it can't then come to AMH and say that now let's go and list. Mm. Someone in the market has to do that. Oh, and who is that someone? They are financial advisors, the exchanges themselves, mm. brokers, asset managers. You know, there's so many intermediaries mm. or market participants. Do, do you get the sense that because you know, um, it, it's this is a, a powerful tool yeah. of uh, husbanding mobilizing resources for investment yeah. for the development of the economy yeah. and if we're not aware of this platform mm. uh, we're not doing ourselves uh, any favors are we yeah yeah so i think it's it's going to take time but i believe that um you know it's just okay we just need examples okay right role models right um if you look at Econet, I think it's a classic example of a company that is now listed. And people like Strive really should be our voices that look, this thing works. Mm. Look at me and so forth. So the more people see these things happen. I mean, mm. if you look at Facebook, run by a very young man, but mm. his biggest ambition was to be listed on NASDAQ. Mm. Now, why is that? Maybe it's cultural, you know. Mm. But a, a listing also means a lot of our SMEs don't want to let go. 
So again, in the Grain of Fortune drama series, that is actually brought out quite a lot. That is common with a lot of small businesses. That if I list, I have now got a board I don't control. I have to go to shareholders meetings. I have to now pub have audited accounts and so forth. Uh, a lot of companies or small companies, maybe that's not their, um, mm. you know, DNA. As Nyaradzo, we strive to continuously bring convenience to our clients. Nyaradzo Group is proud to introduce Sawi, a new virtual chatbot assistant on WhatsApp. With Sawi, you are now able to interact with us from the comfort of your home and can be assisted anytime via WhatsApp. With life assurance products, diaspora products, applying and assessing your policy, payment platforms, claims information, and any other queries concerning payments, policy information, or products and services. Simply WhatsApp Sawi on plus two six three seven one two double nine two eight nine two or register and start interacting and receiving notifications from Sawi on WhatsApp. Now join in and experience a new level of convenience twenty four hours a day with Sawi. We're talking about how do you make investing on the stock market uh, break it down in muscles that can be understood mm. by the men on the street for them yeah. to participate. I, and I ask you the question because I remember when I was a, a financial journalist at uh, the Financial Gazette, mm. I, st I started, uh, I opened an account at uh, BAD. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And um, discount company, yeah. uh, discount company, and I had accounts there, and I could see, you know, that <laughs> I was accumulating a bit of wealth. How do you communicate to members of the public that are mm. out there, yeah. who are looking for legal ways of investing and yeah. growing their little wealth? Yeah. What should they do? Where should yeah. they go? Yeah. So, Trevor, I think my disappointment is that the marketing. Like I said, the commission's role is to inform broadly yeah. that this is what's there. Yeah. But someone now has to take your hand and say that yeah. this is where you fill the form, move your money from your account into this and so forth. So <clears throat> the infrastructure is there. Unit trusts, in my view, or now exchange-traded funds are very easy, very simple to the open, right? And um, they are just everywhere, right? The unfortunate thing is that, unlike in the past, where these unit trust prices would be published in the paper mm, every day, mm. and you would actually see them. Mm. Track them. Exactly. That is not there anymore. So the asset management companies, I think, have to go more retail. I see. But the tools are there. The, you know, the tools are there. And <clears throat> even if, I know a lot of people earn Zim dollars, right? Investing on the stock exchange is always been ahead of exchange rate, mm. it's always been ahead of inflation over the past, I don't know, 10 years or so. You would have done better um, on that platform. And how to get into that, these unit trusts are there, these ETFs are there, and you know, it's that simple. Mm. But the unfortunate thing is that the marketing is just not there. Mm. I mean, if you were to go around and ask anyone out there that how many asset managers do you know, mm. you know? So the, 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 it would appear that the asset managers are not reaching out. And yet they should be the ones that are out there mopping 
yeah. as much uh, of uh, whatever yeah, people so, have left after Saturday and Friday. <laughs> Friday. So when you ask them, they say that is not worth it. It's, they would rather go for the bigger um, uh, mandates. So a fund manager would rather, would rather chase a mandate for a $20 million pension fund, you know, than to accumulate $5 million. What's your view on that? Um, I think it's just a lost opportunity. It's a lost opportunity. I don't agree with it mm -hmm. at all. And I believe that it's just um, businesses that are just badly run. Mm -hmm. you know? And I've told them this time and again that mm -hmm. uh, with these, and again it goes back to the lack of investments in IT. Yeah. You see, in this modern day, it shouldn't cost me as an asset manager to reach out to not just people here in Zimbabwe, but the world. In the diaspora. Also. Exactly. You know, my, my gadgets or rather my systems should be such that, you know, you can just log in there mm. and then open an account and move your money. Mm. My marketing to you, it doesn't mean that I take out ads in the paper. Mm. My website itself, you know, my, my Twitter, my Facebook, that's where I should be doing mm. it. You know, but it's not happening. So the mindset again is that, uh, you know, it's easier for me to, to go after that big pension fund if I get a slice of that, I'm getting maybe $5 million a month in uh, contributions. Mm. But from day one, I've got another... Do you think com uh, competition that's uh, alert could come in and wake up a few people here? I've warned them time and again yeah. that this is going to be their undoing mm. because the world has moved from there. Mm. Right? Even those pension funds... Um, Want something that is simple, you know. They, the, the world over, they're actually investing in these funds as well, mm. you know. So it's look, it's a lost opportunity, and I certainly hope that uh, some some uh, among these players will wake up and see this opportunity. But it just needs a little bit of investment yeah, in IT, technology, connect with the ma with the massive masses, and exactly. you are exactly well. I, I don't know anything about this, so maybe I'm talking <laughs> out of ten. Um, Tafadzwa, you, for those who don't know, you, uh, you, you've had um, an illustrious career, starting off uh, as uh, manage, managing director of Kingdom, uh, asset management 1997 to 2006, and then managing director of uh, Zimnat Asset Management 2006 uh, to 2010. When you, looked, when you look at that corporate career of, of, of yours, mm -hmm. what are the highlights? What takeaways did that season of mm -hmm. your life give you? Yeah. So I think when I started at, at Kingdom at the time, this is a time when I think our financial services industry was just really, mm -hmm. it just taken off. It was an exciting time. It was very illustrious. Uh, again, it came crashing down. Um, Okay, hyperinflation did something about that, but mm. we also had a lot of bank failures. Yeah, and I think uh, the end of that episode, while it was good at that time, um, a lot of people were actually saying that, look, this is too good to be true. And you know, when you speak of indigenous institutions <laughs> now, you know, those days come to mind. So I think those are the, the thing, takeaways. I think that they had, but it also um, gave me, you know, an, an opportunity to be managing money in a very volatile environment. Mm. Um, I don't think any fund manager or analyst the world over would have had the sort of experience that we've had in this country, that how do you preserve a client's value when your local currency is now in the trillions, you know, the exchange rate is in the trillions, um, inflation is all over the, the place, what do you do? 
Um, I would say that the investments management industry here did very well mm. uh, to safeguard investments of clients, those that didn't panic and you know, move the investments away. I know there's a big debate now that um, for the insurance and pensions factor, right? Um, buildings are still here, stocks are still here, but uh, pensioners don't have their money. Mm. Where did it go? But our job as fund managers, I think, uh, like in my case, uh, especially the days at Zimnat, this is where inflation was really high, the years just before hyperinflation. And I would say that in dollar terms, because we literally uh, maintained our portfolios in U.S. dollars, we maintained value mm. in U.S. dollars. And I think that was quite exciting. Mm. Um, it's not a place, a space that I would want us to go back again, but it seems it's... We are always straddling that, you know, that it could be any moment now. You know, we well, what lessons did you learn? You know, you, you say, mm -hmm. you know, you were managing clients' uh, portfolios in a hyperinflationary environment. Yeah. environment. When you look back, mm -hmm. how did you do it? And secondly, what lessons did you learn? I think when things go like that, um, first of all, you don't want to believe that it can get any worse. So I think with hindsight now, you should act decisively as soon as you can. Yeah. So I think you convert, you move away from monetary assets as quickly as you can. Right. So your property or any hedges to um, a, a, a stronger foreign currency, I think. is. Don't keep the Zim dollar under the pillow or Monetary metrics. assets, in, you know, look, I think you will have you'll have a very sore neck because your pillow is going to be <laughs> <laughs> up there somewhere. So, uh, no, no, that you, you really shouldn't do. But yeah. certainly, I think um, it's just about realizing, okay, first mm. of all, acknowledging the situation that you're mm. in. A lot of fund managers realize this late, you know, and by then, you know, by the time um, the currency was really losing value, they had still had a large chunks of their funds in money market assets, mm. which were worthless at the time. Mm. Um, so if it was possible at the time to buy, buy as much land as you could or buy uh, uh, stocks that were at the exporting, so your mining counters mm. or those mm. international companies and so forth, I think that uh, it, it reduces to that. But getting to that point that uh, mm. the situation we are in is bad, it's not going to get mm. uh, better anytime soon. Mm. You need to be decisive. Uh, you, uh, those, th those for me, I think, are the lessons that are different. Is the other lesson not for, for us in Zimbabwe that look at where we are right now. The mm. rate is about 300 yeah. in the black market, mm. 250 in the official yeah. market. To, to, to have the sense that it could actually get worse. Yeah, so I mean, this is what I'm saying, that when you are a custodian of someone's assets, your job is to preserve that value or to create them wealth, right? Um, I think we've been down this road before, right? So anyone who has experienced will then say that, look, um, something sounds like mm. something I've seen before here yeah. and I now need to act, Absolutely. which is why you are again seeing these things. So things like the Victoria Force Stock Exchange, in my view, um, start to make sense uh, yet. I'm not seeing a lot of investment or activity into that Going sort of space yeah. and so forth. Emphasis on exporting companies or funding those mm, exporting mm. companies, creating those hedges. I think this is where it then happens. So again, the disadvantage to our um, corporate sector is that they miss out 
you know, with this sort of uh, investment or capitalization. Mm. Because being a private company, you're not going to attract that mm. sort of investment mm. to give you this stamina or muscle yeah. to withstand these headwinds. And there are quite serious headwinds that are coming. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you, let's, let's go to uh, Tafadzo, the, the person <laughs> yeah. um, who you, ha you did a, a BSc in mathematics and statistics yeah. uh, at the University of Zimbabwe. You did a BSc honors in statistics. You did an MSc uh, leadership and change management with uh, Leeds Metropolitan University. Where were you born, um, yeah. Tafadzwa, and where did your, uh, your formative years start? Yeah. So I am a Harari person through and through. I right. live all my life here. I was actually born in Fakwase. There's a maternity out in Fakwase. Well, I don't know what it's called now, but then it was called a confinement center. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was born there. Um, I lived in Fakwas, I think, for up until I was nine. And then, so around 1978, we moved uh, to Cranbourne. And then from there, I think in 83, we then moved to Greendale. That's where then... Proper Harare boy, hey? Yeah, through and through. <laughs> so... <laughs> And to make it worse, actually, uh, during the war, I think uh, the 70s war I think, was quite uh, in, you know, intense. So my grandmother actually came to live with us okay, mm. because the fighting in Gutu was actually quite intense. So our home actually became like the home for all our relatives. Right. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, so that's where I grew up. Um, in my family, uh, I have an older brother. Mm -hmm. um, like most families, he left for the diaspora many years ago. He's now in Australia, uh, strange as it is, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I've got two younger brothers there here. We had a sister, but she died when she was 10. Mm. Uh, yeah, so she had a very abnormal birth defect. So uh, it was actually a miracle that she survived up to mm. 10. Yeah. So mm. yeah, this has been my life. Uh, school, uh, as we're moving from these places, I attended primary schools there and so right. forth. Uh, but high school, I went to St. Ignatius. Right. And then to the UZ. Mm. Yeah. And, and talk to me about your upbringing, yeah. um, the, the home environment, yeah. and where, where the biggest influence came yeah. into forming the Tafazo that I'm talking to now. Yeah. Uh, so, I think my father was a very unique man. Mm -hmm. I think he molded me and my brothers and a lot of my extended family. Um, I learned firsthand, actually, that uh, how generous he, he was mm. uh, with the little that he had. Okay, mm. he, he they had a good job because in 81, he became managing director of Pearl Assurance Company. So uh, I think the first... So you, like, f you follow after his footsteps, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. But uh, still, I think just the generosity of um, embracing family and friends and just being there for, mm. for people... A very devoted Catholic man, and all of us again uh, grew up in that faith. And I think for I know a lot of people say that I used to be Catholic and so forth. And look, I don't blame them because being Catholic is hard. You may want to, to disagree, but I'll, you know, um, <laughs> the Catholic faith is about the Gospels, mm. and those are the most difficult things to follow. Mm. To love your neighbor, mm. to just be that person, mm. you know, and so forth. And I see a lot of Christians don't really extend, you know, what they have to their fellow man, mm. you know. And you say to yourself, this is a Christian country, but you, you look at the poverty mm. here and, you know, just the lack of concern for the next person. 
And <clears throat> I think it's that Christian belief that my father had that he lived by. And I think that is what really shaped me. He was also someone who was uh, very forthright. He stood his ground. Um, he, <clears throat> look, he didn't compromise his principles. When something was wrong, mm. he said it. Mm. And a lot of people say I'm also maybe a bit uh, blunt in my, uh, in my approach to things, situation. We can't blame you. We blame your father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he died in 2009. Mm. So May so rest yeah, in peace. Yeah. But my mother is still there. Um, I live quite close to it. I, I, I also live in Greendale, so it's just walking distance mm. to... Uh, You're active in the church, hey? Yes, not as much as I would, should be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but uh, so since 83, I've been attending Rhodesville Catholic Church in Greendale. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, I started a quiz there um, to raise money for our church. It's actually become an annual event now. My family and I, my wife and two kids, ran that for mm. 10 years, literally. Mm. Uh, when I handed it over, that year we had, uh, just from the Harare Archdiocese, which is quite a huge Archdiocese, all the way to Gokwe and as far north as the border in Mozambique. Wow. Yeah. Um, we had, what, uh, 41 parishes you know, that take part. So I was quiz master and all this and whatever. So, yeah. We, 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 um, in, my, in my late life, I have uh, become a big dog fan. And, and <laughs> I, I absolutely love dogs. And this is a, I don't know whether this is a, a midlife crisis or yeah. what, but I'm, I'm, I love dogs and uh, I should be acquiring more dogs. I know you have a dog that you love. Yes, yes, I do, I do. Um, yeah. So a lot of people comment on my Your status. status. Yeah, my status. So. <laughs> My wife doesn't like the dog in the house, but anyway, that picture was actually taken in my daughter's room. So, <laughs> anyway. um, I love Jack Rascals mm. in particular. This is the third one I've had. Um, I think it's just the character of that little dog. Um, when she was about maybe six months, so I love driving her in the car. And literally, as soon as I get home, she chases the car, and as soon as I open, she jumps into the car. So. And when I come out the house, she's by the door of the car. And, but uh, somehow she knows if I'm wearing a suit that you know, no. there's no right to do. But if I'm not wearing a suit, we, so this one time, so she was sitting on my lap and the window was down and we're driving in Greendale. And there was this German shepherd walking. You know, she literally jumped out the car to attack this thing. And I'm like, you know, this, you know, where, where, where does it get it? But it's just that. You know, that spirit, that determination, mm. that fearlessness, and just the energy that they have, you know. And there's no down moment uh, at all. So I've loved these dogs. I've always loved dogs. And my Saturday mornings actually is working, you know, um, if I'm, most of, okay, most Saturdays I go to, Adamkwesi Woodlands, mm. which to me is just a wonder. It's a blessing wow. for the city wow. that we have such a place in the center of the city. Mm. It's a pity more people don't know about yeah. that. But uh, and I just that's one thing I praise the, the council for for maintaining those things. Oh, and wow. I just hope no one starts building something in that beautiful ecosystem mm. yeah, that we have. And yeah, so I think it's very fulfilling. Mm. Um, I'd, look, I'm not talking like a dog owner. <laughs> I could go on and a on dog and lover. <laughs> that, that's that's perfectly yes, fine. Yeah, that's yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah.
I, I know you are not a great lover of books, but still I'm going to put yeah. you yeah. on the spot <laughs> and uh, go to the book section. Yeah. Uh, what do you read? I mean, it doesn't okay. have to be books. Yeah. The, 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 share with us what yeah. you read and what, what gives you joy, yeah. uh, if at all. I suppose it's difficult to read it as a statistician, <laughs> isn't it? Talk to me about what you read, if, it, yeah. if at all. Yeah. So, first of all, I'm not a really person of fiction. Okay. So I like facts. Okay. Right. So I would read, um, and I like deep analysis of things. Okay. So I subscribe to the New York Times, to the Economist. Um, I'm now on my 15th year, I think, as a weekly subscriber. So my Friday is just reading that thing cover to cover. The iPad version actually comes with an audio. So, you know, you can listen to that. But it, just the way they look at stories, yeah. right? So the story might have happened, mm. but it's the way that they then go deep into mm. it for you mm. to understand what happens. Mm. So the, the fact bit about me is that those are the things that I then follow, right? The um, things that I do read, um, so if there's an interesting topic that's happening anywhere, right, the internet for me is it's a huge resource. I mm. think, thank God for Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just a shame that there's not many of our own people mm. there, you know. Mm. And mm. one project that I really like to start is to start populating that. That's interesting. You know, you look up Thomas Mamfumo, you, you'd be lucky to get more than, mm. I don't know, mm. 500 words on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But look up any singer in the U.S. That's, you know, it just yeah. goes on and on and on. And I think that's, that's interesting. That's what drives me. Yeah. You know, just to know, you know, what things are happening. Mm. Uh, I love history. <coughs> yeah. So I subscribe to a lot of these things that you know, those today in history things. Yeah. You know, so uh, go okay uh, as far back as it can. And whenever I go, I pick up something that I find interesting and I've never heard about mm. it. Maybe it was a battle that happened somewhere or an invasion or colonization of a certain African country on a certain date. I look that up as much mm. as I can. That's where my reading then comes in. Wow. If it means that I go and buy a book about that, that's what, that's what that's I That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this, how to change your life and so forth, I look, to have, I, look, I'm one of those people that I believe that I, I'm just as good as the person writing that book. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might sound cocky, but uh, well, I'm the, really the more people, The people watching are going to respond to that. <laughs> Tafadzwa, I, I, like you say, I get the sense, uh, and indeed you say it mm. as much, that you are in this very inter interesting space. Yeah. Something uh, interesting is going to happen. Yeah. So we're going to be watching the space, and <laughs> no, uh, I have do. no doubt that uh, uh, you'll be going, you, you got, you'd be doing something big for the country yeah. and we wish you nothing but uh, the very best. No, thanks, Trevor, thanks. Fantastic. Thank Allow me to turn now to our viewers. Uh, Tafazo, who are all over the world who've made this show the success that it has become. We are sitting on 4.2 million views and very excited about that number. Um, remember, we are a weekly show. We come out every Monday at 7 a.m. Central African time on YouTube. To ensure that you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations, such as the conversation I've had with Tafazo right now, please click on this red button and subscribe. When you subscribe, you'll get an alert when we have one, any time that we have one of uh, these quality conversations. We have gone a step further. We've created podcasts for you. If you scroll down below this video, you'll find links to your favorite podcast platforms to click in there for your listening pleasure. 
Until next time, cheers to you all.